Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and this is episode 21 on the train going from Austria down into uh, Switzerland. That's right. Thank you for joining me. It's another beautiful day. This is amazing train ride right now. I'm going, uh, I just went, uh, I was in Innsbruck, Austria. Now I'm heading to Zurich, Switzerland, and it's let me tell you, Austria and Switzerland are some of the most beautiful, beautiful countries I've ever seen. I mean, the train ride is amazing, amazing. If you ever get a chance to do it, you have to do the train ride. Right now, like the leaves are, are changing colors. It's fall, they're changing to the orange and yellow and, and uh, from green. And it's just so beautiful. Uh, there's mountains on each side. You could probably hear the train if you listen closely. It makes these little squeaking noises every so often. So it's uh, really cool. And I'm sitting down in one of the compartments by the bathroom, not in my seat, just because I don't want to disturb the couple people that are there. It's 9.17 a.m. on Monday morning, so the train's not real crowded. But I just I just like to, uh, that way I don't have to talk so low. I could talk a little louder when I'm, when I'm <coughs> over here. So this podcast is episode 21, and I am going to go a brief recap of the amazing weekend in uh, in sports that just happened, and I'm going to go over Gras, uh, not so much Vienna, because I didn't spend a lot of time in Vienna just as a uh, long stopover just to see that amazing uh, accomplishment by Kipchoge breaking the two-hour marathon barrier. Uh, so I'll go over a lot of Gras. Gras is the second biggest city in Austria and it's actually an amazing city now that I just saw it and now that I read about it the, the his, history about it so I'll, I'll go over those two for the most part and that's going to be what the majority of this podcast is oh wow there's mountains right in front of me and the amazing part is this train ride takes a different road than if you drove so you get to see a unique section that you wouldn't get to see if you were driving that's what's really amazing about the about the train ride. So, all right, so let's go. What happened this weekend? This weekend was pretty amazing in sports. We had Kipchoge breaking the two-hour marathon in the Ineos I N E O O S 159 Challenge. That's what it was officially called, Ineos 159 Challenge. He broke the two-hour barrier for the marathon, one, running 159.40. This was in Vienna, Austria, Saturday morning. They started at 8.15 a.m. I was lucky enough to watch that live and in person, and it was it was amazing as an, avid, as an avid runner. And I've run a few marathons myself, and just to watch that and be there be there for that historic moment was, was pretty amazing. I mean, a, a big part of it was at, it was really inspiring and just really inspiring as a runner to see this his belief in himself he's like the the zen a zen philosopher runner it's it's really amazing uh his old stage this was a stage race now so they had pacers they had they had five pacers in the front two in the back something like that with an arrow formation and a a car in the front with uh, a laser on the ground to know to show the pacers and Kipchoge were exactly to run. It was a perfect setup, perfect temperature. I mean, the temperature for the marathon's got to be pretty cool. Like around low 50s is ideal temperature to run. Uh, if it's warmer, you're, the time uh, starts to get a little bit slower. And so the course was perfect. It was pretty much all flat. They did loops. It was like uh, 
one or two long loops and then like four shorter loops. And so I got to see him run back and forth a bunch of times and took videos. And I did that podcast. If you if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Uh, at least uh, part two and fast forward it to the part where he finishes. It's really cool. You could hear the crowd, the energy and the emotions. That I mean, everyone... A lot of people are almost in tears. I mean, uh, I saw the video of Kenya after he broke that two hour and finished, that they were just cheering, just so many crowds of people just yelling and cheering in Kenya just for that historic moment. Because not only is it an amazing accomplishment, it's an amazing accomplishment for, for Kenya too. It's because the Kenyan, a Kenyan, Iliad Kipchoge, broke, was the first man to break two hours. Uh, so it, it's, it was really amazing. It's probably one of the greatest moments in sports history. And so there's a lot of lessons that can be... Oh, uh, guy's on the phone right behind me. There's a, there's a lot of... All right, there's a lot of, le- <laughs> there's a lot of lessons I was thinking about that can be learned from, from his attempt. And, you know, there, I was just briefly writing down some of the amazing lessons and a bunch of like determination, perseverance, chance favors is prepared, so preparation, working together. Uh, most success is, is done when you work with people. So his pacers, he had 41 pacers that helped him. And not in addition to that, he had the financing. Let me try to get away from this guy. It was a little loud. Hold on, okay, there we go, that's better. So he had 41 pacers and he had the financing, he had the backing of, of uh, the billionaire. I believe it's a billionaire who, who owns Ineos and they also, uh, they own the cycling, uh, the, the Team Sky from the cycling is now Team Ineos. So they, they, own, a, they own all that. Um, so hard work, success, that's totally, uh, totally, you know, what marathon running is about. You, you train for months, you live like a monk. If you're doing it right and you wanna be great, you eat very strict and it's just hard work leads to success. Hard work, perseverance, belief in yourself. And yeah, Kipchoge is, is the man who does this. He, he's like the, the marathon monk, he lives a humble lifestyle. He's a marathon, he's a millionaire and he lives he lives so humble and trains so humble, but that's part of what makes him great and what leads to his greatness is that lifestyle. So that's, that's really amazing how, uh, how that is. And I wrote down, I jotted down a bunch of quotes that he said, that probably like four or five, let's see. Uh, when you live simple, you train hard, live an honest life, then you are free. Only the disciplined ones in life are free. If you're undisciplined, you're a slave to your moods and your emotions. No human is limited. If I can offer one piece of advice, it's from Kipchoge. Learn to control your mind and train each day with a positive attitude. Another quote, he says, you need to enjoy hard work. Uh, You need to enjoy hard work to be successful. I enjoy the hard work. Uh, So it's it's pretty, uh, he's, he's pretty amazing. All this, all this stuff he believes, he believes in himself. His big part of him is his mind. His mind's super, super amazing, super strong, very disciplined, very humble, just the amazing person. So that that was uh, what just happened on Saturday. And you know something crazy that happened 
very next day, Chicago Marathon, the woman's world record was broken. And that was like a 16-year-old world record. That, that was like pretty amazing. It's almost like she channeled Kipchoge's, you know, because everyone around the world, all the runners that, that you know, keep up with, with that stuff, they're, they're all inspired. I mean, I did my race in Graz thinking about Kipchoge and, and what, what I just saw, and I felt inspired too. So Bridget Koskai, another Kenyan, a female, broke the uh, world record for the women. Now this was an official world record. Kipchoge's don't count, doesn't count uh, because a lot of it, uh, a big reason is he had pacers, he had the, the vehicle and maybe the loop course, I don't know for sure. And he had aid, he had a, a bicycle handing him the food and water and drinks, whatever he, he used. And so that didn't count. You ne it needs to count as an official world record in an official marathon where there's you know thousands of people so so Bridget Koskai, Koskai from Kenya broke the woman's world record uh, running 214.04 breaking Paula Radcliffe's record of 215.25 that was set 16 years ago 16 years that's amazing no one thought that was gonna be broken for a long time I mean but you know what over the last couple years, they've kind of been inching, inching forward, inching forward. And uh, yeah, Chicago Marathon, conditions were perfect, course is great, weather was perfect, and she, she nailed it. Funny enough, she, she goes, um, what she said after she finished was like, I can go quicker. She's 25 years old, she's got an amazing career. Uh, Kipchoge's in his mid-30s, so that Bridget Coast guy's amazing, absolutely amazing. She says, I think 210 is possible for a lady. That's what she says. So, I mean, we're gonna see some amazing uh, faster marathon race times coming up in, in, the, in the very near future. Just a lot of it is, is the mind. So, uh, the mind is amazingly powerful and yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. A huge part of it was, was Kipchoge. Kipchoge you know, saying no human is limited and just how important the training is for his, for his mind. It's just, it's causing a whole, uh, you know, domino effect of, of amazing athletes just coming uh, and running faster times. And another, oddly enough, the same day on Sunday was the Kona Ironman Triathlon World Championships. Guess what? New course record, Jan Frodeno seven hours 51 minutes 13 seconds so that just happened too that was like a trifecta of probably the, I think it's probably the greatest yeah the greatest weekend in sports history uh, this it's absolutely incredible that all three of those things happened this past weekend I you know I I'm, I'm kind of shocked I was shocked just being at the race watching Kipchoge it looked like he was floating. He runs so well, perfect, like so such perfect form. His running economy is so efficient. He's like the most perfect runner. It looks like he's floating. And he finished, it looked like he could still keep going. It looked like he didn't overexert himself. Like, you know, usually your, your, uh, your form starts to fade and you start to uh, look like you're hurting, but he's, he's smiling, he's, He's finishing just perfect form and 
I, it, it was amazing. I was, I was blown away, and the atmosphere of the of, of the whole the whole event was was incredible. I don't know what's next for him. I don't know. I think uh, if if I were to guess, I'd say he's gonna try to break two hours in a real marathon. At least go out for it, go out and try to do it. But that'll take a lot of work because you know the fastest official marathon time is the world record. I believe he has it. It's two. Yeah, he does have it. Two oh one. 39 and so he's got that that was close to when he ran two hours 25 seconds at the last sub two hour attempt a couple years ago and so if you take you know the difference between those two it's one minute and 14 seconds so if you do the math and you add one minute 14 seconds to an hour 59 40 you get two hours 54 seconds so it's still close but those 54 seconds are pretty huge when you're ready 99.9% 99.99% at your your limit and your your max potential so I don't know maybe it'll take another uh, boost in technology with, with shoes and something else and you know I of the two world record or the two you know, amazing marathon accomplishments uh, this past weekend, the sub two hour and then the world record for the marathon for the women. I'm going to say the women's world record was a bigger deal than the sub two hour. I'm going to go with the women's world record it was more amazing. Just the fact that it was an official world record. It was a record that was beat that that was set 16 years ago. And yeah, I'm gonna say that was the biggest, uh, the, the the biggest achievement of the weekend. Don't get me wrong, the sub two hours just to break two hours in the marathon was pretty amazing in itself, but the two hours fourteen by the woman I think was a, a bigger feat and accomplishment. So I'm going with with Coast Guy for the win there, and Jan Frodeno definitely takes a tight uh, a tight third place for that. So I'll give him the bronze. I'll give. I'll give Bridget Koskai the, the gold. I'll give Kipchoge, uh, you know, I'll give Kipchoge also a gold as well. So I'll, t I'll tie them for, for first and then I'll, I'll, give, uh, I'll give Jan the silver if, if I were to give him medal. So, all right, there you go, guys. And that being said, that's uh, a good summary of the event that the uh, three events that took place this past weekend. And I was just happy to be there. and. Yeah, once again, if, if you don't know uh, about the race, check out my last two podcasts. I did a podcast uh, right around 30 minutes into the race with a little review and summary. And then I also did uh, a finish. As you finished, I, I did a little commentary summary of what it was like to be there and uh, the finish and all that. So that's, on the, that's the part two. I wanted to break it up because I didn't want to do it. It was two hours. I didn't want to do two hours all at once. Is because it could get a little boring. I don't know that I could talk for two hours straight. I actually prefer doing the interviews because I don't have to talk the whole time. But, I mean, I guess I could find something. I, you know what you do? You need a lot of notes to help you. Like, I, take, I took a lot of notes just for this podcast I'm doing now. So there's a lot of, a lot of preparation when it comes to that stuff. So. And then let's get to... Okay, so that happened in Vienna, Austria. My friend Manfred took me on a little tour, quick tour of Vienna. Actually, a beautiful place. I wanted to see a couple, a couple places like Fra uh, Sigmund Freud's place, and there was a, I think, the birth of, birth house, house of Adolf Hitler, and some, 
uh, stuff like that was kind of interesting. Uh, the infamous uh, Adolf Hitler, so that would have been kind of interesting to see in, in, in uh, Vienna. Apparently, like I said, uh, I think I said it before, Vienna and Budapest were the co-capitals of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So that's uh, pretty interesting. That dissolved uh, at the end of World War One, Austro-Hungarian Empire in that ended 1918, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. All right, so Graz. So after Vienna, after a little quick tour, I had to get on a train to head to Graz to pick up my packet, my little race number and, and little uh, goodies and snacks that they give you, the free stuff at the Graz uh, marathon race. I just did the quarter marathon, 10.5K or 6.5 miles. So I picked that up there. The train was only like two or three hours, not too, not too long. But uh, I didn't have a lot of time in Vienna. I definitely want to go back to Vienna. Seems really interesting. It's the biggest city in uh, Austria at about 1.8 million. And then uh, the second largest city is Graz, which has uh, 328,000, and which is a fairly big. Uh, you know, difference. So 1.87 million in Vienna versus 328,000 in in Graz. So so Vienna is definitely huge. It's about six five, yeah, almost six times bigger than Vienna. So the top five largest cities in Austria are Vienna, number one by far. Number two is Graz. I uh, and number three is Linz, L-I-N-Z. Number four is Salzburg. Number five is Innsbruck. And all five of those are really cool to see. I, I didn't go to Linz. I stopped in Salzburg briefly, and Innsbruck's really beautiful. So I, I definitely uh, you know, recommend all those places. And so Graz, Graz is really interesting. Uh, I didn't know until I started reading about it how interesting it was. It's, it's a really beautiful city. It has a nice medieval part. And Graz is the capital of the Austrian province of Styria, or Styria, S-T-Y-R-I-A. It's a you know, second largest city. Like I said, has a really one of the best preserved city centers in Central Europe, historic city centers. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site uh, as of 1999. It was the cultural capital of Europe in 2003 and became a city of culinary delights in 2008. It's a very important city to uh, Slovenians and Croats. There's a lot of Yugoslavians when I was there. A lot of there was a lot of kebab places. I love the the falafels, especially if you're not eating meat. You could get the falafel uh, falafel wraps or the hummus and, and all that. And it's beautiful, or uh, it was delicious. Sorry, and, yeah, and beautiful too. So, well, that city's beautiful. The food's delicious, and so the 14th century Graz. Was, this is interesting, became the city of residence for the inner Austrian line of the Habsburgs, the royalty. Uh, they lived in the Schlossberg Castle and ruled Styria, Carinthia, and most of Slovenia and parts of Italy, including, uh, I think it's a Treste, Treste. So another uh, interesting fact, Johannes Kepler lived in Graz for a short time and left uh, for Prague when the Lutherans were banned from the city. So he's a, he's a famous astronomer. And I, I let's see. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of cool facts about about this place. I'll get to uh, see. Gross was a military uh, was militarily assaulted many times and mostly unsuccessful. Uh, first one time by the Hungarians, 1481. The Turks tried to take uh, 
take it in 1529 and 1532, but, you know, they failed. Castle Hill, that's, uh, you know, the Schlossberg. That was the only fortification in the region that never fell to the Ottoman Turks. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Graz was also occupied by Napoleon in 1797. I mean, the history part, the historic part of Graz is, is pretty amazing with, with all this, uh, all this stuff I'm talking about and uh, all these famous people. This gets good. This even gets good. This ties into World War I right now. This what, Check this out. So the Archduke Franz Ferdinand was born in Graz in 1863. Who was Franz Ferdinand? His assassination is what started World War One, and World War One actually led into World War Two because so Franz Ferdinand was the heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne, and he was assassinated in 1914 in Sarajevo. This led to the Austria to Austria-Hungary declaring war on Serbia, which led to a bunch of events which led to World War One, also known as the Great War. And World War One started July 28th. 1914 until November 11th, 1918. It's one of the largest wars in history and one of the most deadliest conflicts. Nine million combatants and seven million civilians died. Okay, hold on, I gotta move real fast, the guy. Uh, it's got the food, food cart. Okay, so I was saying uh, one of the deadliest, deadliest uh, wars in history with uh, nine million, hold on. Yeah, where, where do I? Where do you want me to go, man? Okay, he's, okay, he's putting the cart where I was standing. All right, so nine million combatants and seven million civilians died, which caused, uh, you know, you know that death of all those people caused uh, a flu epidemic, influenza epidemic, which caused another fifty to one hundred million people dying in the world, uh, worldwide epi influenza epidemic. That's that's incredible. Just from from that, it caused like a cascade effect. So after World War I, the Austro-Hungarian, German, Ottoman, and Russian empires ceased to exist. So numerous new states were created instead. So that, like I said, that, that was when the Austro-Hungarian empire dissolved and they broke up that empire. And World War II actually followed almost 20 years later. How World War I ended pretty much set the stage for uh, Nazi fascism to rise. And that's, you know, how you get World War II with all that, with Hitler coming to power. Hitler was actually in World War I. He got wounded. And yeah, he was actually in World War I. So, uh, you know, the fascinating thing about World War I, I, I listened to a podcast about on it, and it was... It was one. It was just crazy. World War One, because it was the what happened was the old way of warfare met the new way of warfare. It was when these two clashes of the old and new ways of war fighting. So that World War One introduced a bunch of new technologies into warfare, which causes uh, a mass death. And some of those were actually a lot of those were tanks were introduced, airplanes came about, submarines, machine guns, this is huge, uh, modern artillery, flamethrowers, and poison gas. It's just insane how World War I just changed the course of warfare and military fighting forever, forever. There was, uh, uh, yeah, it's, you read about some of the, the firsthand experiences and you could just 
feel and and visualize and see you know you could even see pictures too we have pictures of of those times the gas masks they're wearing were really uh, uh, they, they looked they looked really strange uh, to try to deal with the new poison gas and I mean I just I can't imagine going from horseback riding warfare to now you have tanks which look like I don't know monsters and airplanes dropping bombs and submarines and you got machine guns mowing down people trench warfare you know it's just they, they didn't know how to deal with that and cope with with that kind of mass murder on that large scale and ever since World War II I want to say World War II we haven't had that kind of war and death in the world where millions millions die so that's kind of a good thing uh, actually it is a really good thing but it's not a good thing we had it to begin with but it's a good thing we don't have that sort of thing now uh, drones are kind of kind of better in, in that sense I, I guess too but people it seems to be you know they're, they're safe now especially with the advent of nuclear weapons so that's another thing that, that we have which we don't want to mess around with anymore especially after we saw the devastation it caused in Japan in Hiroshima and Nagasaki so uh, I don't think uh, people, you know, like the North, North Korea dictator Kim, Kim Jong-un, you know, he's always threatening like, oh, yeah, I have nuclear weapons, you know, I'll blow up the U.S., you know, that sort of stuff. But it's, it seems more rhetoric than anything. People kind of know that if we, you know, have a nuclear war, we pretty much, I don't know, it most likely end the world, you know, with the fallout and the devastation. And we can't really have a nuclear war. It wouldn't be wouldn't be good. And so... Yeah, that was uh, that was World War One, and yeah, that was. <laughs> all right, better get back to Grass. All right, Grass. That was the history of Grass, and it's pretty fascinating. I got to walk around. I didn't even get to the race yet. I still have to talk about the race. Yeah, before I forget, it's a little. Uh, I get a little, you know, off track because I see people uh, were stopping every now and then. I'm still on the train going from Innsbruck to Zurich and it's beautiful going through the mountains right now and you know what we might as well have a moment and a break for our sponsors and this podcast and all the other podcasts are sponsored by myself and my new store Super Travel X www.supertravelx.com I have all the cool affordable comfortable essential travel gear to help you get to your uh, your travel destination refreshed feeling good and you know uh, so you could have the best experience this is like comfortable travel pills there's three different travel pills I, I really enjoy they have the wraparound travel pill the memory phone travel travel pill and the j-hook j-hook's really good I know no a lot of people haven't heard about it but that's one of my favorites and different you know just backpacks and noise canceling headphones and you know sunglasses to make you look good in the photos too in addition to you know working really well just in general and uh, a cool little water bottle that folds up and, and you know you don't have to use a plastic keep refilling a plastic you know water bottle and what I do is I take a plastic water bottle and crunch it sometimes but this is better you just fold it up it's really cool and so yeah I have all sorts of stuff you know different apparel different you know um, uh, jackets uh, vests uh, the best are those puffer jackets those are the best because they fold up really nice and tight and they're really warm in the winter time so those are the best to travel with and I got them all at my on my website uh, if you know 
the oh yeah super 10 is the coupon code for 10% I just checked and found uh, what it was because I wasn't wasn't sure I made it a while ago super 10 is your coupon code for 10% off all products it's super travel X www.supertravelx.com that's your uh, that's your sponsor that of or my sponsor so thank you for listening and oh okay let's get back to grass uh, real fast let's uh, I think I'm gonna try to summarize this next 10, 15 minutes. So I got to grass and I was, you know, walking around. Got to the packet to, uh, to get my bib number. You go, you get your bib number and your little goodies, little snacks. And that was in uh, the middle of town, across the bridge, and you get to see the beautiful town. There's a river that runs through it. Another consistent theme is rivers run through a lot of the towns. And so I got that, walked around, sun was coming down, had a little snack, and then uh, headed to bed. Uh, the race didn't start till 10.30 a.m., which was nice because I was really tired and worn out from that, you know, watching uh, Kipchoge and and then do, I actually did the podcast. Uh, I had to, um, what do I had to do? I did, like, you know, make notes, put the pictures in and, and download them, so it took a little bit of time as well and, you know, uh, that sort of stuff. And then uh, got up... Uh, I was tired even when I woke up. I was still a little tired. All the excitement, the adrenaline kind of wears you out if you don't, you don't, you need to sleep. There's like that balance in life that uh, it's very important. So as much uh, action and excitement you need as much rest and sleep and relaxation. So that's good to have that balance. If you overbalance, you know, one, like you, you're over rested, over uh, relaxed, you get kind of lazy. But if you're over, over excited, over, um, over uh, exerted you know you run too much exercise too much you don't sleep enough you know you wear out the body faster too so it doesn't have a chance to regenerate you know uh, when we sleep and you know by uh, taking moments of, of rest and recovery so uh, yeah so I, I woke up a little tired but I'm still gonna do the race you know I'll just you know not go as hard as I can I just go at a really good pace to get in like a, a good workout and just for the experience I love uh, to race and do races in different countries, collect the medals, sometimes shirts, and the experience is, is priceless. And so I got up, uh, probably eight, eight around eight, you know, and uh, got ready and packed and had had my uh, black tea for breakfast and jogged down to the start, more like a little shuffle. It was like uh, 2K, 1.2 miles, give or take. And uh, I got there about five minutes before the race, uh, so I was lucky to, to jump into the start line and and just make it it was i think around a thousand people for that race they had a bunch of races throughout the afternoon they had the full marathon half marathon quarter marathon uh it looked like relays maybe 5ks it was just a whole big event set up uh, thousands of people um for the whole thing so i got in the the starting lineup i you know took my little gel which is like a condensed energy right before to you know so it kicks in while i'm running and then i had a small sip of water not too much so it hurts my stomach but enough just to rinse out my mouth and threw some water in my face it was around the low 50s temperature wise so it was pretty nice well actually you know what it was low 50s at early in the morning it started to creep up to 60 actually got kind of warm with the sun coming out it was a beautiful summer day you know everyone was like just you know happy and it, it was it was really a nice day and so 
uh, the, I had two minutes before the, the, the official start time. It was kind of hard to find everything because everything's in either Austrian or German. I don't know. They, they kind of sound the same to me, and I'm not sure exactly uh, exactly uh, if there's a difference, to, to be honest with you. And so uh, I, I was two minutes, and then I'm, I'm in the starting corral. I had to walk up a little bit, weave through people, kind of hurry up and uh, get up there and then I position myself right around 10th because I look at the results from last year and I go all right my estimated time where would I finish and I was like all right right around top 10 so that, that, that was cool so I get it right around there and then they start they, they uh, count down in German is it uh, eins, zwei, vier, fünf, but fünf, vier, zwei, eins, something like that and then go and and then we go and it's kind of nice being in the front because there's not a lot of people and not a big crowd around me so it's pretty nice i quickly try to get into a rhythm and i i i kind of do but i take that first mile like a tester to see how i feel how is my body feeling uh interestingly enough when you run or exercise sometimes you'll think you're tired but your body's not and you feel good and you actually perform really well sometimes you think you're awake and you feel good but your body's not and so you don't run or perform as well so I was you know doing that little tester and seeing if uh, how my body felt and and everything and I was I was a little bit tired so I just kind of I didn't push, you know, and I didn't want to overexert myself because I don't want to, you know, get too tired because you have to recover and it might take another couple of days. And so, you know, that first mile was around 5.30, so that was my fastest mile of the day. It might have been a slight downhill, I think, too, and the weather was the coolest. And so I'm going, going. I break it up into three parts. You want to break it up into thirds. I do the same thing with flying on an airplane. You break things up into three parts. That's... So it's a 12-hour flight. You have three, four hours. First four hours, you're up watching movies, doing work, whatever, studying. Second, second four hours, uh, you're sleeping. And the third four hours, you're kind of groggy, waking up, have a little, you know, have some food, watch a movie. You know, to that, that's roughly, roughly. I mean, you could, you could do like, like three and a half, four and a half, four, you know, something like that. So, but, but for racing and, and running and events, you always break them up into thirds so first two miles so i had 6.5 miles which is 10.5k which uh which is kind of odd because it's not really common usually it's a 10k 6.2 miles but yeah today or uh the other day yesterday it was it was uh 10.5k or 6.5 miles and so i broke it up into three two miles i kind of just forget the last half mile and just break it up into three two mile parts and the first two miles you know it was actually pretty good that was my two best miles then my body was like oh i'm getting tired now so after after two miles i kind of just started to slow down kind of naturally and then but also as well after two miles we started going around the half marathoners, which started 15 minutes before me at 10.15. I started at 10.30. So I had to start zigzagging and weaving through people. I was in the second pack. First pack, there was like four people a little ahead of, uh, of us. And I was like in the second pack of like three people. And we kind of stayed together most of the time with, you know, 10 seconds here or there, back and forth. And then, uh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, he's telling me I can sit on the stool. And, uh, okay, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I could sit on this little thing he just he just gave me, and so uh, uh, I the first two miles was was actually the best two miles I had, and then after that 
you know, started going around people and it started to get kind of frustrating because you got to run on the cobblestones and like go back and forth. It was, it was, uh, wasn't my favorite. I, I don't like <laughs> when the, the course, ra when the race direct, uh, organizers have races that do that, it happens every so often with, with these, with the races. But, uh, so after that, the la uh, next two miles, uh, went, f you know, went fairly okay. I think right around the two miles, uh, or right around the four miles was when uh, I actually made a mistake. I was rounding a corner a little too fast, trying to weave through people at the same time, and I lost my um, my balance, and I actually ran into a guy, not too hard, but enough where like, I felt really bad, and I, I, he got mad, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and he was okay after I said that, but I just, I, I felt so bad, <laughs> never happened. I don't know that that's ever happened to me before, I actually run into someone trying to round a corner, but part of it was like when you're you're running really hard it's it's hard to the balance and the sharp turns and trying to weave through people it just it's not easy and I'm half asleep still it wasn't you know I I, I definitely uh, it was my mistake I I uh, yeah I definitely apologized and it, it was okay I didn't hurt him or no one fell down or anything it was just uh, I don't like to do that because I don't like being bumped too that happens sometimes and you know uh, it's just an accident that happens so I'm glad everything was okay after that. And then uh, after that, uh, the last two and a half miles was the sun started coming out, started to get warm, still weaving through people. I was, I was hanging with like one or two guys now and we're kind of going back and forth. I would kind of go ahead, he would kind of go ahead. And then like, uh, it was it was cool because it goes through town, that medieval town. It's really historic and, and cool. But while you're running so fast, you're, you, like I said uh, before in another podcast, your blood flow is mis uh, redirected from like your brain to like your working muscles. So you don't you kind of just see like a little bit of a blur. You don't really see all the beauty and details of the buildings and stuff. But it was from what I could ascertain about, you know, the course and everything. It was really beautiful round round uh, round through the center of town by the river and yeah, it was mostly flat little little ups and downs but nothing crazy and then the last uh last mile or so guy uh, i was running with he's like yeah go ahead go ahead and i was like oh i'm done man you go ahead i thought i was in like ninth place so i was like if i'm not going for the win or maybe top three i'm like i don't care you know it's just i'm not gonna push if you push yourself towards the end you could really uh, uh increase that uh, lactic acid and cause uh more muscle damage and I definitely uh, wanted to recover a little bit better. My stomach was kind of hurting a little bit too, and I just I didn't want to, you know, overdo it. It was more like a, a hard workout as was my goal, and I definitely hit my goal. Uh, so upper 540s uh, pace was was what I ran. It seemed to be the consistent the pace when I'm running. That's similar pace to when I was ran in Cambodia uh, in August. Similar pace to when I ran in Kuala Lumpur back in end of July. So seems pretty consistent. It's like my, my legs click into that pace. And then, you know, uh, the last mile, last half mile, uh, we're coming into the finish. He goes in front of me, I think like five seconds, not not much, and we're going in. I look behind me. I always look behind me like the last mile to make sure I'm not going to get past because I don't really want to get past. You know, at this point, I'm, I just want to stay where I'm at. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not completely uncompetitive, at, you know, but I'm, I'm just slightly uncompetitive at this point during this race. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty safe with no one behind me, maybe like 10 seconds or more. So, yeah, comfortable. Uh, ended up being, I was, I was surprised. I thought I was ninth place. I ended up being sixth place. So that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty cool.
I didn't uh, second place for my age group and uh, sixth place overall. I don't know that they had any awards or anything. They didn't didn't stay for it. I can't really understand anything. So that was that was kind of the fun part, but it was also kind of kind of uh, uh, confusing too because. Like in another country, when everything's in a different language, you don't understand the language. You got to get everywhere early, ask people, try to find things. Even even for me now at the train station, sometimes you're going back and forth. How do I buy this train ticket? A lot of times, though, now you could buy them on the phone, the train tickets, and they just use your phone as the ticket and they scan your phone. So that's really cool about the trains now, which uh, uh, I, I'm just learning about. And I. I was gonna rent a car, but the prices of renting a car versus a train, the train you could, you know, it's more relaxing. You don't have to pay for parking, find a place to park, find the highway, you know, uh, get yourself familiar with the different traffic laws and the traffic lights, which can be confusing as well. So the train's really good, and I, I really enjoy the train, especially looking at the sights and going through uh, the mountains. I don't know if I'm going through the Alps or what. I think it is the Alps. It's so beautiful. On either side of me right now on the train is the mountains. Yeah. And we're getting close to the Swiss border going from Austria west. Austria is pretty long from east to west. If you look at it on the map, it's, uh, it's pretty long. And heading there to Zurich to meet my friend Tim, who I've uh, known for, I don't know, close to 13 years or so. We've done triathlons years ago, and uh, he's moved out here, and I get to get to see where he lives out here, and uh, it's gonna be a blast. I'm gonna do a show with him. He's got an amazing story that we'll get to hear uh, a little bit later, and yeah, I'm excited to, to, to uh, talk with him about that. And so after the race finished, I was, uh, you know, jogged back to the hotel, got ready, did a little, you know, bit of sightseeing, had a snack, and uh, that was it. Took the train down to, uh, from Salzburg to Innsbruck. Had to get off in Salzburg, take another train to Innsbruck, spent the night briefly. Didn't really sightsee in Innsbruck, just, just spent the night. Got my run in in the morning, good 7K, which is like four, 4.3 miles, give or take, 4.35 miles. Actually, I just, I did the calculations earlier when I uh, logged in my run. So I did that 6.15 a.m. I actually feel pretty good today and I, I'm, I'm happy about that. And yeah, excited to head to Switzerland and head home in a few days. Getting a little tired of traveling. You get tired of traveling when you're packing every other day or every day you have to repack and go and move, it gets tiring. So I'd suggest staying in a place at least a couple of days, you know, at a time. Definitely is nice and you could take your time, relax a little bit more and see a little bit more. Don't get me wrong, you could you could see highlights of a, of a small city in one, one day, definitely uh, if you walk a lot and, and just see like major highlights that you're interested in, which, which I recommend seeing what you're interested in and uh, what excites you. Follow your highest excitement. That's one of the one of the uh, things I learned and lived by is follow what excites you and, and makes you happy and, and and that. And so yeah, headed to Switzerland. I think I'm about done. Nothing else. I I remember. I'm checking my notes here and nothing else I could think of. It was an amazing weekend. And Austria is definitely a cool country. I'm uh, I'm pretty impressed with Austria. I only been here in Innsbruck a couple years ago just as a brief stopover driving from uh, Italy back to Munich when I you know took my mom uh, went with my mom on this tour of uh, 
that was Germany, Switzerland, uh, Italy, Austria, part, brief part of France, and uh, that was that was an amazing trip. So I definitely saw more, and I'm impressed with Austria. It's it's one of uh, a very beautiful country, uh, very similar to Switzerland. Kind of reminds me like in between Switzerland and Germany because you have the beauty of Switzerland, but you have kind of like the the language of of Germany. So it's like uh, kind of like that combo, but it's it's really cool. I definitely got to come back to Vienna, especially. I didn't spend enough time there and see more of the historical parts and, and stuff. And a really nice place to run in Vienna. Maybe do like the Vienna Marathon or something later on. Visit my friend Manfred uh, another time as well. And so that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And let's get some outro music. Oh, before I forget, once again, this podcast is brought to you by my new store, Super Travel X. All your, you know, uh, affordable, comfortable, essential travel, travel gear. I have, uh, I have there, and I especially set it up for all the stuff that I love and found over the years to be really helpful. And uh, yeah, if if you guys get a chance, check it out there. There's a coupon, super, super ten, or in uh, Austria it would be super, super, super ten, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. It's a cool, uh, cool store. And one of the reasons I set it up was uh, my mom's getting older. Doesn't she doesn't have a lot of years left? So I'm trying to get money to take her on her bucket list to, you know, a couple places around the world. And yeah, that's one of the main. Actually, is the main reason I actually made that uh, made that store to sell those cool products. But I got a lot of cool stuff from backpacks, uh, headphones to apparel to you know jackets. You name it. Just you know, go check it out. Selfie sticks, uh, if you get a chance. All right, guys. And uh, oh, another funny thing before I end is uh, when I was running, and in general in Austria they go super, super. That's why I'm saying that. They love super. Super is like the word in Austria. Super. All I heard during the race was super and op 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 op. <laughs> super. All right. So guys, have a super day and. Uh, take care let's get some outro music all right thank you for listening to this another uh episode of the super Super travel experience podcast thank you for listening have a great day be well do your best and remember no human is limited take care guys and be your best do your best and live your best